You're listening to Pole Parlor, a fun, inspiring podcast for all those bewitched by pole dance. Each week, your Madam Crimson Minx has candid conversation with unique, engaging individuals from within and around the pole dance community. Pole Parlor is passionate about preaching creativity, soulful sensuality, and empowerment through pole dance. Welcome everyone to Pole Parlor. This is episode 10, Brian Wolf. I'm your host, Crimson Minx. On this episode, we have Brian Wolf. Brian is an LA-based pole dance teacher, competitor, and performer. On this episode, we talk about his experience being a male polar in a female-dominant industry, the benefits of cross-training in different areas of dance, performance art, and fitness to become a well-rounded polar, and what it takes to engage an audience, be it in an entertainment or competitive performance. Brian's good vibes are contagious in this episode. You can tell he really cares for and enjoys being in the pole dance community. And as with all episodes, head over to the blog at poleparlor.com to check out Brian's post-podcast interview where he shares photos, music, video, and more. Now let's get going. Welcome, Brian Wolf, to the Pole Parlor Podcast. How are you today? Fantastic. How are you guys? There you go. Everyone's good. It's it's not a live audience, believe it or not, but <laughs> in the future, everyone's doing really well and are re- really happy to have you. <laughs> yeah. So happy to be here. I'm very blessed and excited to talk with you guys, so it's going to be really fun. And just to point out, you're our first male Polar, so... No pressure, but... I know, no pressure, right? <laughs> <laughs> but nope. I think we picked the right guy, so... Thank you. I'm super honored and super happy to be representing the men and welcoming the pole parlor, so... Yeah, so let's jump on in. So for how long have you been pole dancing, and how did you first discover pole? Um, I've been pole dancing, um, I'm going on to about my third year, um, I started pole dancing at um, a studio called Luscious Maven. Um, Which is in uh, Los Angeles for yep, people. Yes, it is in Los Angeles. <laughs> um, I actually started um, taking burlesque classes there because one company I used to work with, the Hell's Bells Burlesque, they used to teach um, a little bit of burlesque at the studio. And I've been with them for a couple of years. So I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm going to start helping one of my instructors, Allie, at the studio. And right after Allie's class was a pole class. And I was teaching for about, I, I'm kicking myself now because I was teaching there for almost a year with Allie. And I was like, ah. Oh. And then so finally one of my students was like, hey, why don't you just stay after for a pole class? So I stayed after and I met my pole, my first ever pole dance teacher, um, Veronica, Veronica Nichols. She um, is now my pole mom. She's uh-huh. Huge mother figure in my life. She turned into my coach. So I've been with her literally since day one. She's trained athletes such as Sasha Lee, Bryn Root, Nadia Sharif, just a bunch of, you know, big. I just, I'm so lucked out that I met with her and she's my go to for everything. And everything that you've seen right now is all Veronica. <laughs> so I wow, got. shout out for Veronica. Yeah. Yes, Miss Veronica, you got it, girl. And so once you started, you were hooked. Oh, I was instantly hooked. I remember it was it was a very different process than what normal um, pole students um, go through because the only because Veronica was teaching the only co-ed class at that time, and there was a strength and conditioning class. And right when I got on the pole, I was hooked. 
And my first move I had to learn was an outside leg hang. So obviously I skipped level one, probably went to a level three or level um, four with, you know, with just a crazy move. And so I got it. Um, I mean, it took a couple tries, but I eventually got it. And what I did is after that, I was like, Veronica, I want to work with you every single week. So for my first year of pole dancing, I, it was just privates. I was doing privates about twice a week with Veronica, you know, getting very costly. And me and Veronica bonded, bonded immensely. And it eventually turned into, she's turned, literally turned into my mother. And um, it was great because as time went on, Luscious Maven really started saying that, you know, guys aren't so scary. And, you know, I started introducing co-ed classes. So now most of this class is at the studio co-ed. So I feel very, I feel very blessed that, you know, one, st- one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Yeah, you paved the way. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, yeah, so it's, and now it's like, you know, I'm glad now I'm teaching at Luscious Maven. It's funny how thing works out. And, um you know, so now it's like a full circle and now it's like nice to see guys uh, come into class. Now I teach at different studios. I teach um, sometimes sub classes here and there at the Vertitude, the Choreography House, this beautiful studio that I met right now is uh, Metamorphosis. I'm one of the teachers for Wednesday night. Yeah. For those so, who are watching, this is not Brian's house. No. With, like I, majestic I, curtains and like I eight would. poles in the background. <laughs> I He's live. at a pole studio recording. Yes, I'm at a pole studio. So you can see little poles and aerial. <laughs> but yes, thank you so much for Metamorphosis for letting me use your studio. And so I'm not out in the rain right now. <laughs> and so do you have a history? You said you did burlesque dance. Were you yes. raised dancing? Do you have a, bit, a long history in dance? Or? It's funny how it started out. I started out dancing um, in community college. I took a hip-hop class. And I went into a hip-hop dance crew, which looking back at my videos is really funny because I, I look like my mom dancing at a wedding where I'm, like, <laughs> very stiff and, like, weird. I mean, it, you got to start somewhere. I started with hip-hop and then it evolved to jazz funk. And then I found the Hell's Bells with Burlesque. And I was for, with them for about, I want to say, about three years. Wow. Um, I used to perform burlesque around Hollywood I, we did the house, uh, we did like a little thing at the Viper Room one time, House of Blue. So it was really fun to kind of, you know, get out with uh, burlesque. And I feel it really, um, really had a great toll on me when it came to performing because I like to took the elements of burlesque and kind of fuse it into pole. And I think it was also a, a way for me to get over my stage fright because burlesque, you have to really be out there. And so I feel that that got over my stage fright with pull and now I'm not afraid to make eye contact. You know me, I'll sometimes, you know, go up to people, steal their drinks if I'm performing on stage. So, so I'm not afraid to go there. Yeah. Cause that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you. You, re- <laughs> uh, you really do stand out as a performer and oh, that you. is really good advice for people that are maybe um, having trouble connecting with themselves um, that way. Then maybe go take some burlesque classes and oh, totally. Yeah. It really, it's a great way. And sometimes it's always, I always tell my students, it's okay to stem away from pole for a little bit. You know, it's like, even if you go, you don't do pole, it's not going anywhere. You're always going to have the studios there. You're always going to have dance there, but it's always good to really broaden your horizons. And as people always say, like cross train a little bit. So, I mean, people are like, oh, I cross train at the gym. Like my cross training was burlesque and fire dancing, all that fun stuff. So, uh, yes, we talked about this, um, 
last week on the podcast with uh, Alethea Austin about how, you know, instead of taking the time to instead of uh, trying to raise higher and higher in terms of your abilities to do tricks or things like that is to kind of like really uh, expand in a more uh, well-rounded way and to um, kind of like polish yourself in a performance aspect and in feeling comfortable in a freestyle aspect, which may involve taking some time off from, you know, doing tricks all the time, but which is a great, it's a part of the repertoire. It's amazing, but don't always feel that you have to go up. Oh, totally. Yeah. Cross train. I like that. (laughs) Cross train with burlesque and fire dancing. And burlesque and all that stuff. You two can just become, you know, (laughs) get crazy with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I, this probably comes from your burlesque background too, but I've noticed whenever you perform, you're very conscious of having, um, good, uh, costume. Yes. I feel that, um, in any performance, even if I am performing or if I'm behind the scenes judging, I do think costume is an, a big element of uh, the performing aspect. I would, rather, I would rather see someone serve in a costume and maybe, you know, maybe their tricks aren't up to par, but I'd rather, if they're serving to a costume rather than someone who's just performing in you know, regular pull clothes, I'd rather, you know, I'd give it to the people who serve because the thing is, it takes time. It takes effort. Speaking of, I was literally, funny you mentioned this, I came from a costume fitting for a uh, competition coming up on April 16th. So it's one of those, it just takes a lot of time and it's a lot of effort and it really shows how much you put into stuff. And it's a great thing. Um, Veronica always says, you always put whatever you put into pull, you're going to get out of it. So especially with this competition, I'm working hard. I'm putting, you know, all my effort into this. So I'm working hard. One way or another, I'll get rewarded. We'll see what happens. So, yeah, uh, that's <laughs> well, which wait? What competition is this? This is this is uh, National Aeropole Art, also called people call it Napa. It yes. was funny the first time I heard it. I was like, "Oh my god, it's in Napa!" Like I was excited to like we drinking wine. And I was like, "Oh." Oh, that's just the competition. Uh, see, and that's good to know that this is not something that you uh, can just reserve when you make it to Miss Pole Dance America. You can, for all your local competitions, too, you mm-hmm. know, consider being well-rounded in all areas of your stage presence. And that extends to, to all areas of your costume and your stage presence and, of course, your, your tricks and your flow and all of that as well. Yeah, it's very, it is very important, and it does, even if sometimes you, even a little costume helps. Maybe if you have one simple rhinestone, I'll see that rhinestone. <laughs> you worked hard, you got that E6000. <laughs> so it, is, it is a very important aspect, I feel. You know, some people, you know, are like, oh, I'm not really into costumes, or I'm feeling comfortable in costumes. Like, I, under, like, I get it, but sometimes, you know, if you're not into it, then you got to own it. Yes. Own costume, own that stage presence. Because when you're on the stage, there's, I always say, there's a difference between a dancer and a performer. Mm -hmm. A dancer can, you know, do all the moves, but a performer really draws you in. It's kind of like being an actor. And this, I mean, even in burlesque, you see when people do performing, you know, uh, a perfect example is um, we have an event out here called Star Girls 
where it's a bunch of uh, girls in burlesque who are dressed up as Star Wars characters. And you really get into the performance because they're dressed up as like Darth Vader or Boba Fett. It's like you're in it because I'm like, I see you. I see you. Yeah, I've seen that show and it's... It's how um, it's really good. And so um, look it up if you're in the Los Angeles area. But also um, it's something that we've, again, talk about a lot on this podcast that it's pole is transitioning into this more memorable thing. And it's transitioning out of the studio and into the mainstream. And as it's transitioning, it's these like this um, awareness of um, – of entertainment value and performance value and, and, and being a show girl, show boy that really helps elevates um, the awareness and the appreciation of pole dance. So yes, definitely. And also it makes the audience, you know, I want you to dance with me. I don't, yeah. want, you, I don't want you to dance with me. Yes. Yeah. Your, your competition pieces are stand out because oh, of that. You. So good thank for you. you. Um, and I know that you actually um, were part of a scholarship program, and this is something that I know studios around the world have, that you can apply to become a scholarship student at a studio where then you are very deeply embedded in pole for a certain deep. amount of time. We emphasize deeply, very, very deeply. Yeah. Very- a lot, a lots of pull. Yeah. So can you talk to us about that for, for um, most of us who have never and will never do something like that? <laughs> yeah. um, so the program I was in was um, run through the choreography house. And it's, uh, it was basically a scholarship program. Um, it was, it, we, our class was, because um, basically the choreography house started in a little, like a little tiny apartment. And then um, Kelly Yvonne got a, brand new space it was bigger so um knowing through the grapevine we're like okay they can only choose two scholarship students because you know before her place was so small and now that she moved to the bigger space we didn't know but she's like oh we're gonna choose six scholies so um you go into the audition so you have to audition I was in um full you know I was in full costume of course you know me <laughs> and she she to- chose six scholies so it was me and five other girls and we really bonded. We became a family. And um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't all puppies, rainbows, and kittens. It was, you know, lots of pull. You know, we had a set curriculum every single week, you know. And when Kelly would run their shows, like, we would have to run backstage, you know, do make sure everything was in line. So we do get the aspect of performing with our pole dance, and we get the aspect of behind the scenes. So I feel it was very, it was a great comprehensive program. And um, so right now it's still going on to this day. So right now there's a new round of scholies and it's like nice because halfway through the program, you get mentored by one of um, one of the instructors. And I was mentoring one of my I was big fans of her name is uh, Kay. We call her Kay Rizzo at the studio. She is a huge she's this really like, you know, this like bombshell. Oh, she's so beautiful. So I was really excited to get to work with her. And, um, and who's it was, this? Her name is Kay Rizzle. Kay, Kay Rizzle. Rizzle. Okay. And uh, so I turned into B Rizzle. And <laughs> uh, you get to, I got to work with her. She really taught me how to structure a class. And it really helped because after the program, I was already a certified teacher. You know, I had to go get my pole dancing insurance. And after my program was over, you know, I really branched out and started teaching, you know, the spiderwebs, 
different studios around Southern California. So it was a great program. Um, how long is it? What was your commitment um, lengthwise? And then how many times per week were you committed to be at the studio training? It was funny because our class was probably committed more because okay. we were like, okay, because we had our minimum requirements, but we just oh. kept going and kept going. So um, our minimum requirements, I think, were, don't quote me on this, but I think it was about, I think it was like six or seven classes a week or so, but we always went over, and it was nice because Kelly, like, sometimes if you did extra classes, she would always carry it over in a different week. Mm -hmm. Um, But so there was six months of this in the studio training, and then six months after was more of the teaching, and after you graduated from the uh, the scholarship program, which was in July of 2015, um, you get to put in her company. And also there was an award for scholarship student of the year. And whoever gets to win, whoever won the prestigious award got to go on tour with Kelly, um, down to South Africa. And I was lucky enough to have received the award. So congratulations. (laughs) Um, went with Kelly Yvonne and I, um, helped taught at pole camp South Africa and it was very fun. I met lots of, you know, I met lots of students. It was very inspiring and it was my first time out of the U S so it was, you know, knock them all down. So I'm really, I was really happy. Now I can like put, you know, went to South Africa on my resume. Yeah, that's so great. It's like pole dance college. You learn, you take classes and you learn how to teach and you learn how to perform and you get to. Exactly. Yeah. It's a time commitment though. I could imagine that it's, are you able to juggle something like that with a full-time job or not really? Um, It was interesting for me because I was actually going to school at UCLA at, at the time. And, um, when I was at UCLA, what I would do is, I know my parents would hate me for this, but I was probably not listening, but I know moms don't know Uh, how to use podcasts. Sorry, mom and dad, but (laughs) I would, I would schedule my classes around my poll. So I'd always put my poll, I would put my, you know, regular scheduled classes always in the beginning of my day. So I'd, you know, I'd wake up at like, you know, eight and go to school till 12 and the studio wouldn't open till around two or three. So at night I would just do my poll, you know, and polls very very special to me. So I treat, I treated pole more seriously than I did treat my college degree at UCLA. I did graduate. So I okay. <laughs> did that, but you know, it was more, it was just very interesting. And especially since I'm a sociology major, um, I get to see kind of intertwine my college and pole. Cause you get to see, you know, community and you get to see, especially I did write a paper about the topic was being an X among Y's. And I did talk about being a male among a female dominated industry. So again, it kind of funny how life just likes to blend both worlds together. Yeah. I mean, you have to take the opportunities when they present themselves and yes. Um, and it's true. You don't, you never know what the future holds. <laughs> I know. Always you, good to- trust me. I would never believe I am where I'm at right now. Yeah. So let's go back about this paper you wrote because um, let's touch on what is it like to be a guy in the pole dance world? It is. It's very interesting. Um, The good thing that I like about it is I speaking for myself. I mean, surprise, I'm gay. Oh, my gosh. Surprise. So usually. I'm sorry. I didn't set that up. Yeah. (laughs) I'm pretty sure you guys are like, wait, what? He is. I'm so shocked. Um, the thing about that, what I really like is that, you know, even most of my students are female, so they do feel very comfortable, you know, oh, sorry, just want to your piece. Uh, they do feel very comfortable, you know, coming into, um, 
a studio, you know, with a gay man. Because, I mean, for me, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to be up in your goods. You know, I'm here doing my job. And for me, I did grow up around women a lot. So it was, um, you know, basically just how I, I'm very comfortable around women. Um, on the other side, you know, sometimes it, I feel like I would make a little bit more money because, you know, I feel that an, outside of the pole and dance industry, when people do hire pole dance performers, they typically are women. So it's like I lose out on that. And the other side is, you know, if they do want men, it's usually they want huge, you know, buff guys doing, you know, crazy stuff. And I mean, I'm not the, you know, I'm not super jacked or anything, but that then again, that does leave me out. So I feel I, when it comes to the community, I do feel very welcomed. It is easy. And I'm sure when people really get to understand pole dancing and understand like big um, athletes such as like Stephen Retchless, uh, one of my good friends, Monica L. I'm trying to think of other people, like Josiah, you know, the list yeah. goes on and on and on. You know, you get really comfortable and you understand, you know, we're all into this, all in this together. I, I, we both share a hobby that we both love. The difference is you're a woman and I'm a man. But the thing is, that doesn't, that's not going to stop us. We're not in love with each other. We're in love and with our poles, you know? <laughs> Please, no pun intended. But we do love, <laughs> um, we do love the poll. So I do think that as you know, as time gets on, and I'm this is why I'm super glad I'm on um, this podcast right now because it does show that you know guys are out there doing this too. You know, it's we're you know we have the same struggles as you. I was a student too. You know, there's some moves where I can't. You know, where I get frustrated and like I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna leave the studio crying. You know, I get that too. Um, and I do think, and I just I've haven't had any negative reactions towards it. I mean, the only times would be like when level one students come in, they're kind of like, oh, there's a guy in the studio. But then they understand like I'm in my own world, you know. I'm not trying to like, you know, rope up on you. Trust me. I'll probably ask you out for coffee because that's what, you know, that's what I like to do with my students. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, just welcome them in. And I always say that uh, like we're all friends. Like I don't even, like people around the world halfway don't know you, but you know, you're my friend because we both pole dance and we'd get along and I always think, especially when I was traveling uh, around the world, I really noticed that pole is a universal language. I was getting very homesick when I was, because um, me and Kelly did, Kelly Vaughn, who runs the, choreo the choreography house program, me and her were traveling around Europe. And, you know, halfway through, I was getting very homesick. But once I hit South Africa and went to the pole studio, it was so nice. It was like I was home. All the girls there were like, you know, we all spoke the universal language of pole. And it was so comforting. So going back to the question about how does it feel being a guy, it feels, I feel very at home. Especially going through dance, you know, burlesque was, you know, here and there I was kind of iffy. But once I got to pull, I understand this is what I was meant to do. And this is what, how I, you know, this is how I let my stressors out. And this is how I really be me. So... And also, you have tons of friends in polls. So, if you know, as Dita Von T says, you know, you might be the brightest, sweetest peach in the world, but there's still going to be someone who hates peaches. Yeah, that's, I love that quote. <laughs> Some of my favorites. So, yeah, you or know, fuck the haters. I just like that one as well. If you want to simplify it, <laughs> the Spark No version is just fuck the haters. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad to hear you've had a good experience because, you know, in all honesty, I was very skeptical of men in pole dance when I started. And 
I'll also be honest that I don't know if I would have the same feeling about straight men. I've never, you know, I've danced with gay men a lot and feel really comfortable like that. I don't know if I would feel that about a straight man, but that's a topic for another day. Yeah. <laughs> and I not met your the, experience. I met a lot of straight pollers who actually have yeah. said that too, you know, and um, again, it goes down neither doesn't matter about sexuality, gay, straight. We're all, we're still all guys, you know, mm-hmm. we're still all guys. And I think that all guys should just be treated, uh, fairly. And I do think that, you know, I, I would like to see, you know, more of like an upbringing of guys. That's why I love it when I go, every time I go to competitions, for example, a couple weeks ago was the Pacific pole championships in Los Angeles. And it was really nice to finally see guys, like in the lower, uh, the lower level divisions, because, um, a couple years ago I did it too. And I felt like I was the only guy other than the male professionals that was doing stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's very nice to see, you know, slowly, slowly, you know, more and more guys. So I'm like fighting for the guys. And even if, um, straight guys, you know, are skeptical of like, Oh, I don't want to go to pole cause it's a girl's sport. Mm-hmm. Um, there's tons of like, you know, power, especially if you look at some of the Russian pole dancers, you know, those guys are crazy oh and you don't gosh. have to, and you don't have to make pole feminine. You can make it super masculine, you know? A perfect example was uh, Stephen Rutchless at um, Pole Expo last year when he did his magic mic routine. Yes, he, I saw oh, that. It's super, it's, you know, it's a, it's a great way to represent straight men. And I do think that, you know, I love seeing that masculine side of pole. It's very refreshing. Yeah, for those um, listening that have no idea what we're talking about, um, Stephen Ratchels is pretty is known for doing um, really like hot, sexy, like in heels routines. That's just his thing. But he did a performance um, in Vegas at Pole Expo last year, Pole Expo 2015, and it was so hyper masculine. But still sexy, but it was a Magic Mike inspired, you know, in sneakers. But it, it was very eye-opening that he brought this, like, male sex appeal, it integrated it into pole, and it worked so well. So if I can find that video online, I'll put it in the show notes for people to check out. Yes, yes. It's a, it's a new frontier, and people are discovering new things all the time, and you know, the men in pole are here to stay. So it's just figuring out how to make it work mm-hmm. and you well, make it best for friends, everyone. Ladies, we're your friends. Trust us. Uh, y'all, we all love each other. So, yeah. Well, glad to hear you have a good experience. And mm-hmm. so, um, are you a pole dancer full time? Is that your, your as livelihood like, right now? <laughs> as of right now, I am. I mean, I'm not like, as I say, I'm not like Scrooge McDuck with my, in my bathtub <laughs> full of coins, uh, but I am a full dance, uh, I am a full-time pole dance instructor. So I teach pole literally about seven days a week and wow. those other, you know, those other hours I'm still pole dancing. I'm still learning tricks I see on Instagram and stuff, but it's a, it's a great, it's a fun sport. I'm glad I can say I'm doing what I love, you okay. know. Are you doing um, anything else besides teaching? Are you performing? Are you concentrating on training for competitions and building a brand that way? What's your trajectory? As of right now, I am because my competition is in a week, Mm -hmm. April 16th for Napa. Um, So right now I am in the competition mode Mm -hmm. and, you know, I get tunnel vision. That's how I am. Um, but otherwise, one of my fa- one of my biggest highs in life is performing. I love performing on a stage, and I love 
I love making people smile when they perform. I never want, I always say, never want people to feel sad. That's why if you ever watch any of my performances, I always use trap music, upbeat songs, because I always say something, I always use this term as the nightclub mentality, is I always want people to feel hyped up and I want people to be like, oh, I love this song and I just want to dance with them. So that's why I never want to feel, I never want people to feel sad when they're watching me. So I really love performing. I love making people smile. I love when, you know, people go wild and crazy. So it is a fun outlet for me. So anytime I'm not teaching, I'm either prepping for a performance or I'm prepping for a competition. Yeah. And you're, I mean, a little less than three years. That's very, you're very new to, to pull in the, in the grand scheme of things. So it's good that you're exploring all different outlets and really still getting your name out there. Oh, thank you. Yes. It's, it's, trust me, it's a work in progress. One of my um, biggest, um, I think my biggest leap in really throwing my trajectory forward uh, was definitely entering these competitions and kind of just letting Veronica take her wing over. And I did make, um, I, you know, and I had to brand myself as a business. One of my, um, pub- my publicist, Shane Evans, she has been amazing. Um, if you guys know her on Instagram, Shane Babe. Yeah, she's coming I, on the podcast soon. Oh, so. fantastic. Yeah. She, I, she, I, she was one who really helped me. She it was just, you know, a, she used to work at Choreography House and I would be, and one day she was like, you know, I was like, hey, I, she was like, you want to try, you know, being my Instagram, you know, publicist. And instantly, right when that happened, you know, everything came into line, you know, she was just amazing. And she's really, again, she's really impacted my life in a positive way and really helped me build my brand. Um, I have no idea what that brand is going to be yet, but I do have, I mean, I want to do one thing at a time. I want to start trying to get, you know, touring a little bit more. I want to, you know, find a, hopefully a tour manager. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what I want to do. I want to travel and I want to share my experiences with everyone around the world. Um, so yeah, it's just, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work you guys, but it, you know, it does pay off. It does pay off. You always got to say, um, reward your future selves, you know, something, you know, I was a student too. There's some things I'd like, you know, I used to look up at the stars like Stephen Ratchless and Josiah, and now I, I'm super thankful I can call these guys my friends. And it takes, it does take a lot, but you always got to remember, I, I never saw myself as being a huge pole athlete, you know, and people sometimes um, call me a pole celebrity, and I never want to feel like a pole celebrity, but it's like, I, I am who, I am me, I'm just Brian, I'm just trying to work, and I'm trying to enjoy my hobby, and I love that you guys are coming along with this journey for me. And like I said, you guys are all my friends. Uh, but it's just, it's very rewarding. It's a great, it's a great experience. And I'm, again, I'm super glad I found this amazing community to help me out. And Aww. yeah, it's so it's, you can just tell in your voice, you're enjoying it and you're loving it. And that's what makes people successful when it becomes a chore, when you don't like it anymore, when it really does become like that dreaded job, that's when you have to reevaluate things. And it's just so refreshing. That's why I love having this podcast is bringing on people who like love what they do and, and love being in the pool community because the energy is contagious. Yeah. Oh. Totally. It's, yeah, it's, it's a great one. It's like I said, the energy and everyone just know that, you know, stuff in your future, it's not, you know, it's going to get better. No matter if you're having, you know, trouble with your Superman, trust me, I hated the Superman. 
And then eventually in a couple months, you get it and you're like, okay, next one, next one. It's just like, you know, we're just so hungry for it nowadays. Yeah. And you mentioned um, social media before. Um, mm-hmm. You're you're a millennial, I think, or you're very, you're young. So you get the oh, the whole social media yeah, thing. So I was just wondering if you had any advice because I noticed you've, you said you have shame, but you've been very successful with your social media. Do you have any advice for people out there that are looking to grow um, their, you know, their self on social media as a pole dancer? Yeah, of course. Um, I always recommend, you know, hashtagging stuff, you know, it's, and I always say, you know, I always, if you ever look at my stuff on my social media, I always give credit to the people who create. And I do think that is very, very important because I do not want to be considered uh, plagiarizing anything in any way. So, you know, even it gets annoying, like, okay, Brian, I know you mentioned like Olga Coda like 60 times. I'm like, <laughs> it, it's because I'm giving credit and she's like my Oprah, so I cannot like have her match. So I just feel like definitely having, you know, going day, you know, posting often. I definitely recommend posting often. Yes, consistency. I've been super bad, you guys. I'm so sorry. I'm in training mode. But after training mode, you'll get a lot more videos from me. Um, hashtagging. And um, definitely, if you guys want to check out Shane's, uh, Shane's stuff, it's Vertical Life PR. She's an amazing, um, an amazing, amazing, amazing amazing publicist uh i've been working with her for almost two years now and ever you know i keep going she's you know she's my aussie she's my australian lover (laughs) it's interesting because uh again it was last only last week's podcast speaking with alethea we talked about sometimes you need to bring in business experts if you want to take yourself to the next level. And it looks like that's what you did. You know, there's only so much time in the day and it's not that you're not being authentic on social media. It sounds like that she's helping you be more successful. It's not like you've outsourced your. Oh no, it's definitely, it's still teamwork. Most again, most of my stuff on social media is me. Most of it is me, you know, going, it's just, again, I just hashtag a lot. Hashtag, 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 just find it normal. Hashtag be consistent give credit and respect because also, you know, then people looking for them could find, could find you as well. And just having people respect you within the community, it is a small community. And to be like, Oh, that Brian Wolf, he is just always so respectful. And I appreciate him, you know, giving homage to me and something that he saw me do first. And that grows, you Mm -hmm. know, to have a good reputation is, is. Yes. Again, that's one thing. It is a small industry, so I do recommend, you know, keep that in mind. <laughs> I always keep that in mind with stuff. I never, ever want to step on toes. I never like to burn bridges because, you know, somewhere or another, you always got to come back to it. <laughs> so it's definitely one thing to really keep in mind. You know, I think that especially lately I've been noticing there's been a lot of negativity and um, the industry, you know, going on with some stuff that hasn't been so, you know, what's the word? I love, okay, I'll just say nice. As people haven't been More nice. dramatic. Exactly. And I do recommend, you guys got to remember, we're all in this hobby together. You know, people, um, we are in our own little world of pull, you know, but you got to look at the big picture. You know, people who are lawyers in Wisconsin are not thinking about pole dancing, if they're not pole dancing, but if they're not... <laughs> They're not thinking about us in a small factor. So I do think we really need to stick together. We need to be really respectful towards each other. 
And I do definitely, uh, one of my, again, one of my biggest idols is RuPaul, of course, duh. but <laughs> RuPaul really stresses on, we got to love each other. And um, I know I always go, like, again, I speak one thing, like I always speak about my pole family. They are my, you know, I have my pole mother and my pole sisters. And if I can't go to my real, you know, mother and sister, I can't, I can't go to anyone else. So I go to my pole sisters and they always have, you know, they always have a mean heart. I always text Veronica every single day. I tell, I always tell them I love them. I do treat them like a family because we do choose our families. And it's one thing to really, um, to really understand, you know, if anything's going around, you can always just talk to us. Even if you guys don't know me, just, just message me. I'll always get back to you one way or another. You know, if I don't, it's probably because I'm going crazy, but I will, (laughs) exactly. But I will get back to you one way or another. And we're all in this, we're all in this world together, you know. Let's not tarnish the. Let's not tarnish the pole. Yeah, we're not politicians. Yes, exactly. We're not, yeah. You know, and we're not, you know, doing, mm-hmm. you know, life saving surgeries or anything like that. But we're artists, and that is just as important in society. But it shouldn't be as stressful, exactly, and as um, dramatic. So exactly, exactly. That's a fantastic message. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you forget, you get so drawn into things and, yeah. and it does get to be like your family where you see if you, you know, if you've been pulling, I've personally been pulling for three years and at pretty much the same studio and they are, I, I see that my family's on the East coast. So I see that more than my real family and it, my real family drives me nuts. So your pole family is going to drive you nuts sometimes oh, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's what families do. But you know, when you love each other, you, you, you hold yourself to a higher level of, of respect and know how to act. Yes, of course. And I do. Yeah. Remember like we're all, we're all in this world together. You know, we can't be fighting. We can't be, you know, there shouldn't be any negativity. It should always just be positive, positive outlook at life, you know, Sometimes, yeah, sometimes you get, you know, in the shitter and you're like, oh, I, I hate pull right now, but let's and be take real. a break. <laughs> Actually, take like a break. And by break, I mean like two days off and you'll be fine the next day, you know? Yeah, it's great. And uh, communication skills are important. Learning to talk things out maybe privately or, mm-hmm. you know, it's ad- adulting, guys. Adulting. Yes. <laughs> Drama is inevitable, but um, listen to Brian's message of, of loving your, your pool family and it may inspire you to, to act in a different way sometimes. Yes. Cool. So, um, back to some of our standard questions as we're headed into the second part of the interview. Um, so you mentioned that you loved, um, Steve Reckless and Mm -hmm. Josiah, who is um, also known as badass. Yeah. Um, who I will put both of these people in the show notes if people want to look them up who, if they're not familiar with them, but they're both very well-known men of pole um, mm-hmm. dancers. And maybe it's one of them, but who is your pole crush? <sighs> it can be one of those. My goal in life is to meet her. I have the biggest pole crush on Olga Koda. <laughs> she is... The thing about Olga, what really helped me is I was at a point in my dancing where I was like, I don't know what I should focus on and I don't know what really feels good in my body. I heard of Olga Koda a couple years ago from a really good, uh, from one of my pole sisters actually. And I decided, you know, I'm, I'll look her up and I looked her up and 
she almost made me cry because I was so excited. And I always, you know, I always give homage to her. I just feel her movements are very natural to me. And I really feel, I like, feel like me, like I can grow, you know, she really gave me a great base to grow. And again, I've never met her, never talked to her, you know, maybe through Instagram, like here and there, but she's been a huge, huge impact on my career. So hands down, it's like, if I, if I ever meet her, I said the two people who I'll, always, who I'll get starstruck on are Olga Koda and Rihanna. Those are my two <laughs> people who I would probably, like, lose my shit. I would probably not – I don't know what I'd do. I remember I was at uh, Pole Show LA one time run by um, Leanne Riley yeah. over in Hollywood. Big, huge, spectacular. And Olga was performing. And, I, you know, and I was sitting, I was doing press, and she walked by me. And I literally was like <gasps> – don't stare, don't stare, don't stare. But I had to. I <laughs> mean, like she, dork wave. Yeah, exactly. She has been a huge, um, huge uh, impact of mine. She, I know she might not know it, but if Olga's ever watching this, I she has been uh, crazy, and I cannot thank her enough for everything she's done. She's been so helpful in my pole journey, and it's just fun to kind of just put on heels and kind of just let your body go. She's especially if you guys are looking for some great flow. She's an amazing queen of the floor i mean she's just like crazy her heels and a lot of my stuff is heavily inspired by her so she's my greatest muse um who else i want to say marlo fiskin of course marlo is definitely a, a huge uh a huge 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 uh crush of mine of course my sisters i gotta give it out for my skanky sister nadia sharif she's She's, you know, I can call her about anything. And Bryn Root, who's my little weird astronaut mermaid, who I do not know what she's doing, but she's my, like, she's my special child. I love her. And, okay. you know, of course, Veronica. I just have a bunch of pole, oh, pole lovers, Sasha, Anakia, all my girls. Aww. Well, I'll give you a little advice. I did meet Olga very briefly once. And she doesn't speak English, so she's not <laughs> listening to this podcast. I know. I've, I've like, said something to her, and she blankly looked at me. Yeah, I was talking to my friend Travis Scott, and he said, because I was telling him, because he was in Alex Shukin's competition, okay. and he was with Olga for a while, and he said she doesn't speak English at all. But I was like, <laughs> but she was like, she was cool otherwise, like once you like the translating stuff. So I was like, okay, I was like, at least I have a chance. Be prepared I, when you meet her to have some, like, non-English type of communication ready to... Oh, know. I'll speak the world of pole. I'll just... I'm just going to give her a hug. But, like, just, the international language of pole. <laughs> international language of pole. International <laughs> language of pole. Uh, she'll get it. <laughs> awesome. And so, um, how would you like to see the pole community evolve over the next five years? This is a very good question. Obviously, like I said, I'd love to see more guys represent the community. Um, I do love events like Pole Expo, Pole Con. I do think those are great events where people all around the world just come together. It's kind of like if you, uh, I will admit, I've gone to like Comic Con a couple years ago. But the thing about that is that it's everyone from all over the world are just coming together for something they love. You know, people are dressing up in Comic-Con. You know, it's just everyone. It's like, you don't care if you're nerdy. You don't care at all if you like comics. You're just going because you want to meet other people and you want to see what, like, vendors have. And it's the same with Pole Con and Pole Expo. It's like a bunch of people around the world are just coming together 
for the love of pole. You get to take workshops with all your favorite pole celebrities. You get to, you know, meet them out, you know, here and there. And especially since it's in Vegas, I mean, it's in Vegas. So like, <laughs> when I'm, like again, me and um, my best friend, Monica, when we went, we were, me and him literally just sat at the pool all day and we, you know, have drinks with Amy Hazel and, you know, like I would see Marlo here and there and just say, Hey, and like, you know, when we went to the Bad Kitty party, it was just, you know, everyone doing stuff. Lux ATL doing her amazing floor work on the pool table. And I, saw, I was there. I saw that. Yeah, she's crazy. <laughs> I love Lux. <laughs> she's amazing. So it's just a great event. Um, on the other side, I do think it is important to talk about how I would like to see more of set prices about pool classes. I feel that as the time goes on, I feel competitions with um, studios, I do feel prices are going down, good for the consumer, but then again, it does ricochet up to the studio and up to the instructors. So I'd love to see more of a set, like a set, um, like a standard, like a pole standard of how pole class should be priced. Going along that line, I do agree with that in the aspects of performing. Is you know, I feel sometimes, uh, I don't think it's necessarily our duty, but I do think it is our duty to tell club promoters that I can't, I'm not doing a pole dancing gig for $50. I'm not doing a pole dancing gig for, you know, a hundred. I do think that we are athletes and we're doing something that 95% of the population cannot do. So I do think that we need to have a little bit, you know, I do feel like I would like to see more standard regulation rates upon classes, performing, and I do think that, you know, we should try to at least put, you know, I want to see more income with the industry. And I want to see, not for greed reasons, but I do feel like it is fair for everyone. And I do think that, you know, instead of sinking each other's ships, I do think that we should just come together. And um, for again, for the love of Paul, for the love of Paul, just <laughs> let's all just come together. So that's my thing is I'd really just love to see more, um, again, more events and more, you know, I like again standard regulations with pricing and all that. So oh, yeah, we talk. It comes up every damn week. So this is such <laughs> an issue. There is at, at Miss Pole Dance America in Nashville, which is May fourteenth. There, there is a studio owner summit where I know that that is something that they're going to talk about. So if there's any studio owners listening, um, check that out. It's uh, a link to it on the Miss Pole Dance America page. Um, but also, yeah, as you said, and other people have said this: stop working for free. Yeah, and um, that is a big thing. I do, again, coming up for free is good. Like, once you're coming up, and, like, I, trust me, I've taken free gigs here and there, but there comes a point where I'm, like, I'm I'm three years into pole. I have a regional title. You know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm going, I'm traveling. I travel to Africa. I'm traveling. I'm going on a tour to Colorado in a couple weeks. I should not be performing for free because I do feel that I've, I've definitely done my time and I've put a lot of time and effort. And the thing is, you got to think about you guys is if, if, say, club, I don't know, I'm making up a club, Club Roxbury or something. I'll just think of like Night at the Roxbury. <laughs> I love that movie. But like if they, they hire a pole dancer for $50, that's going to be their limit. They're not going to hire, for, now they're not going to hire a pole dancer over $50. So I do, mm-hmm. I do think it just hurts our industry. And I do think that we all should be respectful artists and respectful with booking yeah and there are the free gigs that you take and those are you know uh, for friends or when you're just getting started or when it's not a you know is this a is this a club is that is 
making a lot of money? Like, is this, you know, is this a, um, an event, a corporate event where you're, you know, where there is money involved? Like if everyone holds their standards higher for that, then, you know, that's, that's how you make change. But yeah, in no circumstance am I, you know, saying there's no, um, instances where you could just go and dance for free. Like, but those, not if you're a professional dancer Mm -hmm. and you know, you need to, you need to pay the bills. So, and you need to elevate the level of appreciation of the skills of pole dancers. Yes, exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, I talked. Sorry. <laughs> I love giving it. you a break. <laughs> okay. Yes, and more and more pole events, pole expo, pole con. Um, and I'm sure there are international ones too. So um, if um, hit me up on, on the Facebook group if you know of any um, pole dance um, conventions, expos, things like that internationally. I know those are the two big ones in the United States. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think Pole Con is coming up on the, in the second? I think it's the first weekend of June in Texas. Yeah. And then Pole Expo will be the first weekend of September in Vegas. Um, oh which is- I just block out September. I'm like, Expo, <laughs> yeah. some, sometime around there. <laughs> not all of September. It's the first weekend. Um, I'll shel- selflessly promote that I will be there with a booth and, um, oh, fantastic. I'll come visit, you know. yeah. And I'm sure you'll be there performing or doing something. Yes. I'll be doing something. You'll either find me at the bar find me- <laughs> or just drinking and hanging out at the pool. Yeah. Just find me at the pool. I'll have my booth at the pool. I have my little floaty. I like those like pizza floaties people are putting out. Like I'm like, you'll find me on the pizza floaty in the hard rock pool. Yeah. That's yeah, wild. those events are cool because if you just have fun and you get to like party and chill and meet people from across the country and across the world, and then yeah. you get that sense of family in you. Yeah. So, that's what the community is all about it's family, 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 family. Yeah, it. you're the first one to bring that up, so I, I like that answer. I'm oh, good, 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 good. And so, do you have, um, can you share with us how can people find you on social media and do you have anything coming up that you want to promote? So uh, this is a plugging out, right? Yeah. Plug, plug, <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. Plug, 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 plug. <laughs> so um, you guys can follow me on social media. My um, Instagram handle is at boobooBrian, B-O-O-B-O-O-B-R-I-A-N. Super, super, super easy. Um, I'm not really that active on Twitter, but if you guys, same thing on Twitter. But again, you guys are going to see really weird posts of when I thought I was funny in the seventh grade on Twitter. <laughs> that are not that funny anymore. So just ignore that. So I definitely recommend Instagram. Also, um, add me on Facebook, Brian Wolf. Brian Wolf, exactly like the animal, W-O-L-F. Coming up, if you guys are in the Los Angeles area, um, there is uh, the 2016 National Aerial Pole Art, uh, which will be uh, held in Burbank. Um, So that's April 16th. So I think that is two Saturdays, I think. Yes, two Saturdays. Um, So I'll be... One Saturday by the time this gets posted. (laughs) By the time this gets posted. Um, so, uh, that will be happening on the 16th. It'll be very, it's very fun. It's a great way you can see, I'm trying to think, uh, Brandon Grimm is doing a special performance. Sasha Lee will be doing a performance. So it'll be kind it'll be a great way to kind of, A, get to see people compete. So it's going to be stressful for me, but you guys will have fun watching it. Um, yeah, so I'll Good be performing. Mix. I you, trust me, you don't want to miss this competition piece, uh, that me and Miss Veronica have created up. Um, coming up, there is, um, I will be going on tour in Denver. So if you guys are 
in the Colorado area will be going on tour uh, from April 21st through May 8th at T's Dance Studio in Denver. So make sure to come uh, play with me in Denver. I want to see my Denver like folks. I love it's, it's kind of funny how it works out because I was born in Colorado. And now it's like I'm finally going back after years and years, but it's for pole. So like all my sense. <laughs> is hitting me up um also i will be performing and kelly yvonne show seven that's coming up on may 14th so if you guys are again are in the la area that is going to be at boulevard three so definitely look out for that um trying to think about anything else i do teach around classes in um like north hollywood hollywood so i'm at vertitude luscious maven choreography house metamorphosis uh, yeah, so definitely hit me up. And again, if you guys ever want to talk, chat with me, say hi, just send me a message on Facebook. We're all friends. <laughs> We're all pole friends. We're all pole friends. I'll give you all pole hugs. <laughs> and then so um, on that note, can you leave us with some type of empowering message or quote or anecdote? Yes. Um, I will give this quote to... Uh, one of my good friends, um, Nadia, um, she told Nadia this quote. Nadia Sharif, right? Nadia Sharif, okay. yes. She told me this back when I was compete, or once I was starting to perform at um, PVC a couple weeks ago. So I was very, you know, I was very wound up. I was like, I don't know. And she told me, she sent me this, and she says, perform like you've never lost and practice like you've never won. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it just gives you a powerful quote, you know, like that. it just helps you. And I always say, be yourself and um, be different. I always, I always tell my students, you know, dancing should be a thumbprint. You know, I don't want people, unless it's really cool, if, like you guys are doing group stuff and you can be two thumbprints, but always just be really individual. Find something you love. Don't, you know, dance like you. Dance what makes you feel good. And I definitely express the love of pole. And I think everyone should have a, you know, I think everyone should have a really good experience in this hobby. And I do, I don't want to see anything negative coming out of this hobby. And I do think, you know, of course we can talk about the whole stigma about pole dancing, but I do think that, you know, even though we all are under a certain stigma, I do think that we do need to stick together. And I do think that we all need to be kind to one another. Oh, you can't love yourself. How the hell are you going to love somebody else? <laughs> love yourself, love others. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very hippie today, can't you guys tell? Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Brian, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, I'm so glad to be on this podcast. I've been watching your guys' episodes, so I'm so excited to finally represent the men and Awesome. Love to be here. So thank you so much, Minxie. I love you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Isn't he fun? Would you like to hang out and dance with Brian? Will you be in the Los Angeles area the evening of Friday, May 27th, 2016? Well, if so, come check out Parlor Play. Parlor Play is a non-pole event for pole dancers. We'll be doing many workshops, including one by Brian, as well as dance-offs, costume contests, and free play, all with some pumping tunes and an open bar. So come out to meet and let loose with your fellow pollers. It's going to be really fun. Visit pollparlor.com for more information. Hope to see you all there. Thank you for listening to the Poll Parlor Podcast. Want more? 
Visit poleparlor.com for show notes and to link to the Facebook group where you can connect with other poleaholics and continue the conversation. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on the website, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Lots of love, babes. Thanks for listening.